podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Welcome along to the Wee Wankers at four times in a podcast. <laughs> We're delighted to be headlining day one of the actual Celtic weekender. I'll just start. I'm Daniel. I've got Dan top left, Andy top right, and Tony next to me. Uh, what we just start by in a wee quick five ten minutes about how we are and how we can move it. So, my point of I actually moved to work in Edinburgh uh, in March 2019, just after the lockdown. And even though there's a lot of Celtic fans and Rangers fans in my work and that, uh, you need to be kind of diplomatic when you're at work. And I can say what I wanted about Celtic talking to my pals. So Dan and Andy and Tony were desperate to start a podcast. And uh, reluctantly, I joined. Probably the worst decision I've ever made was joining MMA Free. But me and Dan had actually done one before. So, uh, Dan, you're a veteran in this world. How did you come about to join this one? And why did you think it was a good idea? Like you say, Danny, me and you used to do a much better podcast years ago. Uh, <laughs> being relegated a few, but now we've, uh, we used to do the Nothing But Respect podcast with a few other uh, content creators. So, uh, like a couple of the guys from Gigpop were on it as well, and yep. uh, a few other great guys that were on it as well. Uh, like you say, we've been pals for years and years, and then these two just hassled us. They, they loved the podcast so much, they were desperate to bring us back from the ashes. And it's at the end of the treble treble season, it just sort of hit up. Obviously, many, many people that listen to us will know that we were one of the biggest fans in the all in and getting the job and we sort of felt uh, that we had a lot to say and it just started out as a bit of fun like just it was we were interested to see if anybody was going to listen to us right but it, yeah. it soon picked off like episode three we had uh, an invincible cell and in Etriachenko who very very kindly came on and spoke to us for about an hour about his time just, and, just on that done yeah what people don't know about that is Eric Sviatchenko gave us a tour of his nice house. <laughs> 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 it 
this is how an experience we were. So I was sitting in on the couch on a Sunday afternoon, I think it was, and sitting about in my boxers and t-shirt, and then Eric Sviachenko, big handsome Dane, puts on his camera and decides to give us a tour of his house and does it as a video chat, and I'm sort of fumbling trying to work out what to do. But no, he was absolutely brilliant. We've had a lot of great excels on. Like, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but Craig Burley was fantastic. We just walked in for here enough three years. Uh, it's like Lubo, Tom Boyd as well. Like there's been too many to mention, and I the reaction we've had to anybody that listens has generally been positive. Like this season especially, we seem to have been the go-to when Celtic sort of hit a crisis. People were desperate to hear what we wanted, uh, what we were about to say, and like you know, like as I say, people we just score it in for new learning, but we would have we nothing better than him to turn that around, and hopefully as we go on this season, we will be able to. Yeah, we get what we get from back in our faces. Andy, you were quite vocal about starting a podcast. Why did you think there was a need for us for to join in the fun? Um, that's about everyone. I just wanted to somewhere to moan and it wasn't the pub or wasn't the game. Um, and obviously we always talked about it for long enough and we've all been vocal, vocal enough for long stretches of time across sort of Twitter, Facebooks, Instagrams a lot. Um, yeah, it was it was always an idea that I fancied. Um, now here we are, I suppose it was. I just thought, okay, I'll, I'll get you. will get you together. You have not really got a choice in the matter, and we're doing it. The group chat gets set up, and we've never really looked back. Tony, you were also buzzing about joining the podcast. Is is it lived up to your expectations so far? Uh, it's been a good laugh. Enjoyed it. We've had a lot of good guests and a lot of. Could laugh along the way. Just, just what I would say, see when you're not speaking, maybe mute your mic. I don't know if it's just me, but there seems to be like a bit of kind of like background noise when somebody's speaking. So, um, But I, I, the podcast is what it is, but I don't think people want to hear their life stories. I think they want to hear about God for the quadruple treble and obviously this great charity event, which is all about raising money um, for good causes. So, Yeah, just a big thanks to IH Decorating for sponsoring our hour tonight. Obviously, we're raising money for Rock Talk, eh, Food Facts, Friends, Food Bank, eh, also Children First and Help for the Homeless, which are four great causes that take on eh, even more significance at this point of the year, especially the year that we've all had. But we can, as for bad a year as 2020 has been, Tony, we can actually end it with a trophy tomorrow, which will be our 12th consecutive trophy. Eh, so we're going to have a wee look back at the Scottish Cup runs during the last four years. So we'll start with you, Tony. 2016-17, we hadn't won the Cup for four years. Uh, but we're obviously going for an invincible season that year, heading into the latter stages of the Scottish Cup. We drew Rangers in the semi-final a year after losing to them on penalties. Uh, did you think that was a great chance for revenge or were you just thinking invincible treble? I was just I was just desperate to do the treble at that point because there had been a lot of talk. People remember every year we were expected to do the treble because Rangers won in the league and every year we'd failed with them in the league and it became a bit of a burden. Uh, Dyla came the closest to him and Lennon and it just wasn't something we managed to do. Uh, I'd actually remember the day we signed Brendan Rodgers. My dad made a comment. He says, I want to win a treble every year until we do 10 in a row. It was just a throwaway comment at the time. But because, <laughs> it looks as though we've come quite close. We won't do it because obviously the Ross County game. But I think when we drew them in the semi-final, but then we beat them 2-1. 
it'd, it'd beat them 5-1 as well and we might have had the one each throw at Parkhead in there as well so you were full of confidence and we'd beat them in the League Cup semi at Hamden um, so we, I remember that game I think uh, it was McGregor scored then Griffiths get the penalty um, and then it was on to the final um, but I, 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 was just, I was just desperate for the treble um, I'm, I bet it the second Rodgers um, get named the manager I remember thinking the last Northern Irish manager to come in was Martin O'Neill and he won the treble so I thought why not have a, a punt again and I think looking back I mean that was the best ever for me the Rogic the Rogic final really is the best ever I'd, I'd, that would take so much to my uh, match it was just for probably a lot of people listening to this I mean today an invincible treble beat your rivals 5-1 at home 5-1 away uh, it just really was a, a ridiculous season. Um, I remember talking to you the night before the, the Invincible Table game. I mean, you were on Xbox Live playing FIFA co-op to about four in the morning and I said to you, uh, Celtic were 71, they went for behind. And I thought, I, I don't know why, I thought it was a good bet. And uh, I think it was at 10, 15 and Aberdeen scored. But no, and then obviously you cried straight away and then I thought... For me, that first final, uh, I watched it again the other day in preparation for this. But I think everybody played well, but particularly Sinclair had a good game. But Roberts and Armstrong, but Armstrong in particular, darn, he just that. I know he scored equaliser, but the whole second half, it was him that drove us on. It was kind of we're no no winning this city. Like he, I just thought it was probably Armstrong's best performance in a Celtic shot. Oh, definitely that season, like. Armstrong was just fantastic, like you say, he was he just pushed us forward in midfield and you could probably argue he's not been replaced since he left. But that day especially, like you say, we go behind that day, the Griffiths loses Johnny Hayes at a corner and uh, it's a good finish for Hayes to be fair. And you're sort of thinking like you'd went the league scene invincible and of course that's a tremendous achievement, but you're still been a bit disappointed because uh, if you didn't pick up a treble because you'd definitely have been geared to it like the season had been so good we'd reached the Champions League we'd uh, like I said they'd done so well in the league also in the League Cup against Aberdeen early in the season and as much as you were worrying about it you didn't have much time because Stuart Armstrong uh, equalises almost instantly and I think refs get a lot of stick and rightly so because the majority of them are absolutely terrible in Scotland but I think it's Callum McGregor like it's absolutely wiped out and there's a great advantage play because Armstrong just picks it up and uh, fumbles a great finish into the far corner and it was just the spirit of that team like they didn't even seem that it wasn't over celebrated sort of like right let's get back up the park and uh, get the get the second goal and go in front but obviously it took a long long time like you say uh, Scott Sinclair who very much a talisman for that season was Probably unlucky, missed a few good chances and he sort of thought it's destined for extra time. Obviously, you uh, would have took it because I know, I, think, I don't know if it was Hayes again, but Aberdeen missed an absolute sitter and it, it looked like it was going to go extra time until Tom Rogic, who, as Tony said, I don't think it'll ever be beaten to clinch an invincible treble and that, that style and that fashion was just absolutely incredible and as much as very much soured his legacy like I think it just typified how good a manager Rods was that in that euphoria like you didn't see them over celebrating they weren't running down to the corner flag to celebrate he was immediately with Chris Davis working out and I think it was maybe was it Svirchenko who got brought on in the last minute but he definitely made a sub and 
it was just that was an absolutely incredible day. I think it was absolutely crushing down my rain at Hamden that day. I remember being there, but it was just it's a day I'll never forget. Andy, what was your thoughts about that? I must admit, I was like Tony. It was all about winning a treble for me, and we were that close, and I kind of by about. After we won the League Cup, I thought, right, there's a chance that we could do the treble here. But by April, you know, by February, March, April, we hadn't even beat. And it, the unbeaten thing was maybe becoming a wee bit bigger for some. But for me, after the dialer thing and that, it was just uh, the Inverness semi. I just wanted to win a treble, like, so badly. And that was the main thing for me. But the unbeaten thing was, like, this extra level of, kind of, glory that the team went for. Oh, yeah, I think you're bang on. Um, like you say, we were after the, the sort of seasons before and the, the failed attempts at trebles, and let's be honest, we, we should have done them. We absolutely should have, and I think everybody knew that. Um, and then it sort of got to a stage where you started to believe, you started to see how good we were playing, and then you wouldn't realise it, but I, we, I was just happy to be winning, sort of, mainly every week and playing really good football. And then people would say, Do you know, we've still not actually been beat yet. And you were getting, like I say, in November, December, into the new year, and you're going, nobody's actually beat us in a domestic competition yet, which was, it came as a bit of a surprise to a lot of us, given how the previous years had been. And then, like you say, you start to believe, right, this is the time now. If ever there was a time for us to get sort of, to get the trebles that we should have, as I said, we should have been winning. Um, then I, it was, it all came together, and I was, I was a bit similar to you um, at first, with the unbeaten run and the whole Invincible thing. I never... Oh, sort of halfway through the season, a lot of people were talking about it, but I didn't want to put too much thought in it because you know what football can be like, and then particularly when sort of the season winds down and you've got the league games sort of towards the end of the season. Now, I mean, how many times have you seen sort of players drop off and not no no sort of slight on certain individuals, but players know the season's done and sort of less meaningful games in the league and things like that. And um, but it was almost as if they sort of stepped it up and they just refused to let that happen. Which was brilliant, um, but I it was I was very much the same as you, sort of first of all, um, and then they all came together, which was absolutely magic. Like you say, I think it summed up the entire season with the way that the way that we clinched um, that invincible treble. It was it just it, it was just a perfect moment. I mean, winning games and games gone late on us isn't good for your heart rate at the best of times, but there's never a better way to win a game of football, is there? No, there's no. There was a degree of. Sorry, right seen it now for free. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Years later, but there was a degree of inevitability about that game, the way that they kept going. My, my remembrances of that, my memories of that season are like, like yours. It was all about winning the treble for me uh, and and then when we got to like March on that we've not been beat but I was so nervous for that semi-final because of what had happened the year before and I know we took goals after them before then and whatever uh, but I was so nervous for that game and just think you know these one-half games ain't can happen and you know you might get a dodgy referee you might just not turn up because we didn't turn up really in the one each game and then McGregor scores early on and you just settle down and then you get a second and then you just kind of play them off at part and you're like, this is great, we should do this every year. And then we did. Uh, 
but I'm going to put you on the spot, Dan, start with you, apart from the Rogic winner, what's your favourite memory of that year's Scottish Cup run? That's putting me on the spot. Uh, like, like we just spoke about, see the like the Armstrong response, like for me was as significant a moment as you'll have that season. Just it sort of summed up the team and like the heats could have went down because obviously it'd been a long season, but uh, I, I'm not going to go for Rogers you now. I'll just go for Armstrong just because. I just thought it just really defined how resilient that team was and how nothing was going to beat them that season. Andy, what about you? You've had a few seconds, Tony. You're going for the longest, so I'm hoping for a good moment out of you. But Andy, what's your favourite moment? Do you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a hard one to sort of take away and not give me the rogage to obviously score on the goal. Because um, that, do you know I mean? Like when, when I think about that season and talk about well, so that Scottish Cup final, that's that's what I think about. Um, but Dan summed up pretty well. Just the whole reaction, obviously, Armstrong scoring that goal was like the initial reaction was right. We're in this year. It's no, it's not going to sort of disappear and fade away and. We're going to lose everything we've, st- we've started to think about and dream about in terms of invincibles and trebles and all that. So I probably would, you know, something often happens, but I'm agreeing with Dan here. Um, just that, I think it just sums it up. Um, if not, it all gets scored and it's got to be that moment. You just, obviously, Armstrong puts the ball in it after sort of gone 1 0 down. Um, I think it was Johnny Hayes that scored that obviously ended up a Celtic player and successful in that. But probably the moment that he stuck the ball in the net and then it just seemed like very, very typical of that Rogers team that it wasn't about, oh, we're back in the game, we've got a chance. It was not, we're back in the game, but we're going to win the game. It was very, it was very telling. And it was, like you see, it was just a sense of inevitability. Like, despite all the feelings that naturally go in a cup final, you're fighting yourself for everything, every decision that goes, every time the ball goes out of play, you're screaming for everything. Um, but like I say, at the same time, when you look back on it and sort of, Let's say benefit of hindsight, you, you see that Armstrong goal, you see the reaction, you just, you know. And I mean, we pro- probably all should have made any of calmness about it, just with the fact that we hadn't lost our season. And let's be honest, is Aberdeen ever really going to take that away? But I absolutely, it was, it's just got to be the reaction, not even just Armstrong goal, just the reaction of the team, because it seemed as if they never sort of, the team themselves didn't ever sort of worry it's as if they knew like, now nah, we're good enough we're proving it and we're going to prove it again um, so probably just the reaction of the overall team when we scored that equaliser they didn't panic which is something we see for say like all too often the players look as if they're panicking it's there was just an air of calmness about that side um, that I fucking pray for them now, to be honest with you No you're right that was, as I say it was inevitable Tony but yours I've not actually been having a think. I've just been reading the chat. Yeah, you sure getting for that fucking job? <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I'm, hey, it's, it's mainly Christmas time. I look like a fisherman. I don't know why, folk. I've just been be nice and all that. Know what I mean? And somebody says the heavy metal geezer circa nineteen seventy six and the bottom left doesn't speak much. <laughs> I'm just sitting read the comments. My favourite moment. Right. Uh, I'll just uh, try to get you sharp, Tony. So what's 
What's that? The hardest part's getting you to show. I know. That's what baby. I'm glad that there's a, there's a comment come up the screen there. Um, <laughs> I, I usually have those quiet. I've just been I've been uh, subdued. Um, no, the the Callum McGregor goal against Rangers in the semi final. An excellent finish. Such a great goal. Let's stick to Dembele. McGregor just nestles it in. It's probably. It's a goal that a lot of people spoke about. The, just the, the noise when the ball hits the net. It just passes it in. It's outstanding. And then the best part is we scored a goal really similar a, a year later. But that would probably be mine. But so mate, that I mean that season itself is just ridiculous. I apart from this jumper, my favourite thing about that season was. Uh, do you remember the St Mirren game when we were one nothing done at half time with Park I if That was that season or no? Because that was. Aye, a- uh, Chance to go 2-0 up. I remember they had a really clear chance. If I Aye, and we didn't look like we were going to score in that game in the first half. And I remember going to the shop at half-time for my uncle. And as I was walking down, I met somebody who was going the same route. And he says, what do you think of that? And I said, oh, are you play? So I remember in the championship and struggling to go to it. And I'm like, oh, are you play? Because I was just so desperate to win Bebo by that point. And... Everton was geared towards that and ironically that was the game that Rogers signed Lewis Morgan on the back of. Uh, but after that we made history winning an invincible treble and uh, how do you top it? Do you go for another one? So uh, the next season Tony did you think we'll go to day two straight away or did you think we'll drop a game somewhere? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. I know a lot of people just bet it again. I think everybody was that confident. We kind of bounced into that season. We went undefeated for such a large period until the the December, and then we kind of we, we dropped points at Hibs, and then we um, we lost heavily at Hearts. But it was always possible. Um, the first league cup that year, I think we beat Hibs for two in the semi, then beat Motherwell 2-0 in the final. I don't know if that's right, I think it is. And then, it was always on the league. We we took a bit of time to wrap up. We wrapped it up with obviously the, the kind of the 3-2 Edward game at Ibrooks, and then Rangers lost to Kelly the week later in St Paddy's Day. I remember that. I was a cracking day out. Um, you, you need to change jumpers. You've, you've taken out this chat. I saw people are interested. I don't think they're listening to us. I think they're just looking I'm at not, I'm not the jumpers here to stay a bit like Neil Lennon. We'll review it at New Year. Uh, the jumper looks better and it's probably, probably a bit better than him. But um, no, I, I think it was always possible with Hodgers. You had that feeling you could beat anybody. I remember going to the, the new camp to get that penalty with Dembele and I thought, we score here, we could probably do this, Mob. So there was that belief under Rodgers um, because of how good a manager he was, despite what, what happened when he left. Aye, Darren, the next year in the Scottish Cup uh, was actually a wee bit more Difficult was it 3 0 up against Partick and they nearly they nearly squeezed a replay out of it. Again, Rangers again in the semi final. this year it was a wee bit a wee bit easier that year in the semi final. We beat them four nothing. Uh, did you ever did you get caught up in it or did you get stopped stopped to think that God we're in the middle of something historic here? I think you did get caught up in it. Uh, it's like you say, Partick gave us a bit of a scare and I think we then breezed by Morton in the Scottish Cup. And then, as you say, the semi-final like, against Rangers was... Like, the year below, uh, year four, we'd won 2-0. And it was the most dominant 2-0 you'd ever seen. But that 4-0 for me was just the absolute 
I think it was, what was it called, the Espanolification, like, Rangers, because Celtic just completely ratted them that day. And, like, one of my favourite memories through that campaign was Dembele chatting, uh, I think, it, who, who was it, Fordham, who was in goal for Rangers that day, uh, with his penalty. And you think it couldn't even get anywhere demeaning in that fully, but then we get another penalty and Dembele just gives it to Encham. It was just superb. And then that Scottish final that year, like, obviously played Motherwell for the second time in the final that season. Uh, and it was just as comfortable as you could hope for. Like, I hope we do, do something more tomorrow. We get two uh, early goals always help. And Callum McGregor again. What a, what a player he's been for us the last uh, three, four years. He's just really he's became such a fantastic player for us and his finish in that game was superb and Jams wasn't too bad either. And as you say, it just sort of felt like the norm. Like under Rogers you just felt like who who would beat us to a trophy, especially uh, with the state of teams around us at the time. It was that one was especially the final was a lot less undramatic but it was just as enjoyable for me especially with the scenes that followed the open top bussing I was going to ask freeze that actually because I was thinking about this earlier even though you had the big Tony you had the big celebration at Celtic Park uh, in Glasgow after it was that final understated was it a bit is it underrated in the history because I think it kind of gets squashed in with the invincible treble and then the treble treble and then obviously tomorrow with the quadruple treble but we want that game was done after half an hour that's maybe why it's not spoke about as much you look at the invincible treble it was poetic last kick of the ball Nessun Dorma has been put over it it's been watched a million times you can you can never get past with clicking at that game where McGregor and Cham score the game's done in jig time and it's it's a stroll it's a walk it's dead easy um, treble treble you go a goal behind you've got the individual brilliance of Edward that digs us out his hole uh, digs, us out, <laughs> digs us out a hole sorry um, and uh, it becomes his final so aye pretty much it's understated I think because it's the middle one as well it's a double and obviously we had the invincible then the treble treble but it was a fantastic achievement as well at the time it was well celebrated I didn't make it to um, to Parkhead because I went straight to the pub and get pissed to celebrate but I think now looking back they really were the, the ridiculous glory days um, but hopefully a lot more glory to come starting the morrow. I think we need to take that game in, in isolation despite the, uh, the kind of difficult um season we've had so far, but if we can get the quadruple table, it'll be some some achievement. I, all I'm seeing is people messaging me about this jumper in the chat talking about this jumper. <laughs> what a choice. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to the model, but the double table was brilliant. I'm sure everybody enjoyed that. I mean, three. That, that's the thing as well, if you look at it. I mean, th- three trebles in 130 years and then at the time, two trebles in two years. It was fucking, it was ridiculous stuff. And then it even get, it get even better somehow. I and uh, the double treble uh, final uh, was one probably ironically, but it was one of Mr. Dembele's best games for Celtic. Era. He read the line really well. <laughs> Comments are flying in a bit of jumper, honestly. Like, I mean, I just can't yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it. This chat, a lot of my phone's just going off. It's not with the fact that the best, the best it is the next time I'm invited on here on the top it. So, yeah. 
Fisherman's Friends. Friends, and somebody says to me last week, because I actually wore this to my works Zoom Christmas night. Somebody said I look like a fisherman, so I'll take that. Uh, so the Three times in a jumper. That's my personal favourite. Right? So welcome but, uh, to talk to you. But, uh, double treble, Andy. How how do you view that in terms of the other two? Uh, or is it you know? Can you compare it, or is it special in its own right? I think uh, what we said about it is it's often forgotten about, which is a mental thought because if you say anybody else anywhere in the world, like seasons are all you treble again and. Or if they say that it's something that's not spoken about enough, is absolutely bang on. Um, we posted that on Twitter the other day about obviously McGregor's goal and sort of how it was taken. It's just an underrated. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Running is bang on, if you're honest about it. Um, but like you say, it's, it's just hard because we get lost in arranged success at times and it's just the way it is, um, unfortunately. But when you look back on it, it's just like the whole thing, the game against Rangers, just the way we dismantled them, then the way again we just dismantled Motherwell. Um, it was faultless, absolutely faultless. Um, I can't really think straight. I just, I just keep saying the word jumper. I'm actually beginning to question myself. That's how it's spelled. I don't know anymore. Um, I've just seen the word that many times that. I know you think going for a quadruple treble, people would have meant to talk about, but uh, last year, going for the, the treble treble, uh, I just, Tony, I don't know about you, but I just couldn't believe that we were actually in position for a treble treble come the time Rogers left. We just, and then we beat Hibs, so we only had Aberdeen and then obviously the final, but a treble, treble, it just it seems just crazy thinking about it when you seen how meekly we were put out the cup the other week. Ah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Obviously, Rogers got up and fucked off in February. Uh, left us with a, a really tough week ahead. We we hearts in the the league, which we won in kind of truly Celtic fashion with the last kick of the ball, um, and then we beat Hibs two 0 We forced and Brown scored, which was a great game. And then after that, we kind of stuttered to the finish line and you thought, are we actually going to win this? We won the league in the end quite well. And then we went into the the final. Hey, did we play Hearts the week before at Park Keat? Is that that's when... Uh, Lennon put a kind of second team out and we won 2-1. We won 2-1. And then get into that game, we were fucking rubbish. We'd been rubbish for long periods. Obviously at that time, I'd already started ordering my Rafa Benitez mask for his arrival that was that was imminent, <laughs> apparently. Um between him, Jose Mourinho, and uh, Andrew Viz Boas, I wasn't sure who I was going to who I was going to get behind. But um, I was looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we went a goal down. Then yeah, that abuse made from Tommy's mic after. That's banging yeah. on. Danny's got to come back wearing a bra, and it'll look a lot better than a fucking jumper. Can I just say um, this, One of the best comments I've seen is saying Dan swinging in his chair like a Bond villain. 
I see. I think Daddy get called a Bond villain as well. I seen somebody call him Meatloaf, which is uh, par for the course. Um, <laughs> usually, it's my head that's getting a slagging, so I'm glad Danny's jumper's taking the heat off me. Um, but what was I talking about? I was talking about the treble table. I when we went, I go behind. I thought that was it. We were fucked. And then I seen the penalty for Edward again. I think he buys that quite well. Um, keeper should probably save it. And then. Um, then he scores a winner. Lustig puts him through. Oh, he's back. <laughs> he's back. I think everybody turned off and you went away there. They chucked it. Um, and then uh, Edward comes through, scores a scores a winner. And then I remember the full-time whistle going, you're just looking about it and it's just grown guys busting into tears. And then about an hour later, I bust into tears because we gave Lennon the job full-time. <laughs> so, but no, a, a great day and... Um, Obviously, even Lennon get the job uh, couldn't he, couldn't he ruin my day. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was just, certainly I was, fucking ruined mine, Tony. Uh, Tell me that. Uh, yeah, story. I think you did a rethink that statement. It ruined my, ruined my day. Yeah. Andy, what's your memories of that? Them completing the treble, treble. Because at that time, I remember the whole. I don't know if it was called. I think it was called Rogers had left, but it was a whole kind of right one more. You know, let's date one more time. Uh, and now we're going for it again. But what was your views last May? Uh, pretty bang on for what you just said. I mean, he obviously left. There was a sour taste left. And, oh, listen, it is what it is. It was brilliant. And the whole... Somebody just actually commented there, taking the words right out of my mouth. Um, you would think it was me writing the comment. But the whole thing was amazing. Like, ultimately, it was something I'd never dreamt that I would see. But you couldn't... I couldn't have wished for sort of better success and a better thing to happen for Selig. Um, we went on and with sort of unprecedented success. I mean, how many times do you see a team going and just absolutely running riot completely every domestic competition gone and then obviously a left line comes in and you think, right, just, just keep everything gone, just keep the chime in which is what we've done. And it's hard now, especially just with how things are, because it's everybody just says, we told you so, but if you, if you, bang on when the final whistle went, if I could bottle up that moment and just have that as my experience, say that sort of cup final, and not what happened after when they announced him in the showers, see if I could ignore that, and it did me happen that day, that is possibly close to how I felt when we won the Invincible treble, the first one, when obviously Rogic scored late on. That's how good and euphoric that moment was. Because obviously, didn't mean in reality, Edward scored, it was what, 80, 80, 80 plus minutes. That goal was popped in. So, do you know what I mean? You're getting close to another last minute winner of Dara. And it was very, it was just very sort of symptomatic of that team, the way that they never gave up. But, listen, it is what it is. Um, it was... I'd never have predicted that's where we were sort of five years ago, whatever. I'd never predicted it was going to happen, but ah, tremendous, absolutely amazing. Um, and just, ah, it's, it was amazing, but just unfortunately, what they done that day sort of led us to where we are right now. Um, but I mean, we're going to have to start calling these comments out because some of them are absolutely fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just surprised. I'm just shocked there's so many perfect people sitting in the comments and I said, right, you think they'd have something better today? I'm not getting a night out of it, but we can't have a night out planned in this climate, can you? But uh, listen, the, the jumpers here at the state, it's, it's an icon. 
it's uh, it knows it knows me well. I make everybody ideal. The jumper goes when Neil Lennon goes. Ah, uh, absolutely. I auction the jumper it's when Neil Lennon goes. When it's here, uh, but it's we'll review it in the new year and we'll see what happens. Uh, Dan, what was your memory about beating Hearts in the cup last year? Did you like me? Did you think it was one more time, or did you think this domination is never going to end? Uh, it was definitely hard to see when it would end. I think that full campaign I enjoyed, like from the early game and the first round that we entered, like it was a bit of a bad atmosphere. Obviously, it was a bit of trouble outside the ground, and uh, Timo came on and uh, got first goal for Celtic. And I remember getting caught up in it, thinking that we was going to be fantastic for us. And whether that's Dunny, Lennon, Rogers, or whoever, they just didn't quite make the Make the great Celtic and possibly some of his choices to go and play with America eh, hurt him in that regard in terms of staying at Celtic a bit longer. But then we obviously had the St Johnson game. I sat next to Tony that day. I, I vacated my seat in 108 to go and sit up with Tony and the gods and witnessed a talismanic performance for Scott Sinclair. Was it hat-trick? I would have been, by the way, sitting next to him for a game of football. Uh, it's not happened since, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, it was great, and then obviously Lennon's sort of interim uh, in charge was pretty poor, to be honest. And you sort of worried about the game against Aberdeen at Hamden, but we that was probably the only time we played well in that interim period. And uh, like like we say so often on the podcast, you always know that it's going to come in end, and obviously it has now. But the moment when Hart scored early in the second half, you did, I just panicked because you're like, the immediacy uh, it happened and just sort of dumped on you. And, like, as as we'd said, like, under Lennon, you weren't as confident that there would be resilient, but it was just an absolutely brilliant performance for Edward. And, what, as was said, wins a penalty, uh, puts it away. You could argue if the keeper could have saved it and then. One of the iconic images for me for that is when uh, Lewis the Gwinsey header to put Edward through and he just puts his arms up in there and starts celebrating before Edward's even hit the shot. I thought that was brilliant. Like, Lewis the obviously something that means a lot to Celtic fans and Celtic means a lot to him. So to see him celebrating that before uh, the ball hit the back of the net was fantastic. And then, like, as much as I'm not a fan of Neil Lennon, like, he get caught up in it and, like, I was, and there was only one Neil Lennon because much as I didn't want him to get the penalty job, I thought it was the perfect way to have like thanked him for taking the interim job and it would have been time for Celtic to move on. But obviously, as I said, half an hour later, like Peter Lawley was offered it in the shower and it's sort of breaking. Like I, I thought Celtic had nicked on Twitter, I thought that's kind of real. Because like, even like, the whole manner it was unprofessional, I thought as well. I thought it was just like, an opportunity move that Lawley had done. Like, I couldn't believe it, but it, it didn't ruin the day. I know birthday that day sort of got rerouted because there was too many like Celtic fans about, and uh, I think there was still great scenes up at like Trongate and uh, Glasgow Cross and that. Like it was before you got to the bars, it was just all the Celtic fans, and it really was a city that day. And obviously, we won't see scenes like that anymore just because of the current predicament we're in. But it was a phenomenal achievement, and uh, like. The moral will be completely different because of like the circumstance we're in, but it it would it would just this would really seal it up and like establish this team. Like who knows if we're going to win the league, but 
for this team to have went and win four trebles in a row will be it'll never be topped, like it'll never be repeated. Uh, just to, to pick up on a comment about possess me to wear this jumper, uh, that was called, I put it on, uh, that was it. We actually thought it was quite cool, still be wearing it. Uh, your comments, it's sticks and stones and all that, yeah, I'll be fine. But, uh, my thoughts in the treble, treble, okay, I just thought it was going to be one last push and then what was happened this year would maybe happen last year when uh, Lennon got the job. Uh, but no, it was a great day out, I remember. I've actually watched all three finals with my same pal PG in the same pub and they've all get better and better as they went on. Uh, even though looking back the Rogic Invincible Treble was phenomenal. Uh, and uh, you know, that was great. But the treble treble was just the funny thing is when Lustig he does it to Edward, he doesn't take a touch. He just lets it run on and then slots it away. Just shows you the confidence and uh, you know the how easy it was for Edward at that point. You know how good he is. He just lets it run on and just scores. Uh, but you know, a treble, treble is just such a remarkable achievement. You know, one to think that we'd went years without winning any trebles. I mean, it'd been fifteen years, and the closest we'd got is. You know, I know Lennon lost in a final and then a semi final, but Tyler get treated out the cup as well. So when it got to that point, you know, you're, you're that close, but at the same time, you're that far away. To win three, you know, was just remarkable. And you'd be going for four, even though it's taken six months longer than we thought it would. Uh, you know, it's tomorrow's going to be such a great achievement if they can pull it off and, and win it again. Uh, so we'll just finish by kind of previewing the game. Tony, what's your thoughts on it? Do you think it's got to be a walkover or do you think Hearts will put up a bit of a fight? I've got a feeling it's going to be a cunt again. I, I just have a bad feeling it's going to be a really a tough game. Uh, I don't know what the weather's meant to be the morning. You would like to think with the, the big pitch with your players, it can certainly um, benefit us. I think one of the, the big things is what's the team lineup going to be because what we think it should be and how it might be could be completely different. Uh, I know Lennon had said earlier in the week about giving the guys a go. Is there a shot at starting? Then he says there's, there's no room for sentiment. So... I'm hoping it goes with the latter and the fact there is no room for sentiment in football. David Turnbull didn't help us get to there. Should he start? Absolutely. Sorrow didn't help us get there. Should he start? 100%. Um, Laxalt didn't help us get there. Should he, should he start? Definitely. So I think you need to play your best team. And the, the thing is as well, as much as it's a cup game for last season, this kid's definitely... It could boost us because we've still got a league to fight for. We've obviously got a fucking hell of a long way to go before we're, we're anywhere near getting um, back in that race. But we've got a couple of, maybe two, three weeks coming up, which are, I said it in our previous pod, which is basically history defining. We need to go to iBooks and get a result, and we need to win the quadruple treble. You do that, then there's got to be a much better atmosphere about the club. It's a lot more positive. Everybody will be back on side. And then you you go all in for the, the last five months of the season and hope you can you can pull off the, the, the 10 in a row, which obviously everybody wants. So I think the will be a difficult game. They'll stick the boot in. Guys like Halliday and Naismith done it before. That's fine. That's part of their game. We just need to make sure we play good football against them. Like say Edward can definitely punish them. But my, my main thing is he plays Turnbull and 
few set pieces, the likes of Julian and Duffy, although we've not been great defensively, these guys can be great assets going forward. They can definitely help us in the air. So that that's what I want. I'd like to see him start the guys that have come in the last two games and one, as opposed to the guys who, I don't know, gets papped out of Europe, papped out of the cup for Ross County and gets so far behind in the league. So I hope, it, I hope it goes for that and I hope we get the job done. Uh, Michael the boy in the comments has asked what your starting eleven would be, Dan. So oh, you can kick off. What would your starting eleven be tomorrow? I know Tony's mentioned a few players he'd like to see play. Uh, starting eleven for me, I would go. The keeper's one of the tough ones. I I, I don't know if Connor Hazard's ready for it. I know, obviously played Europa League game and uh, the game against Kilmarnock, but I keep back at him if it's me, like. I know not everybody's taking to him, but for me, he's he spent big money on him. The same was sort of persistent with Duffy. We need to give Barkas a run at games and let him try and uh, make his way. And, you know, see if you play him in a cup final and make a few good saves, or God forbid he goes to a penalty shoot and he's the one that saves a few, then it could be the making him. But I know you can do that for any keepers, but uh, I've still got a lot of hope for Barkas. So for me, I'd put Barkas in. Uh, I think just the way we lack of wingers at the moment will be sort of they'll be feet back. I think it'll be Shane Duffy. I, oh, it's a tough one. I don't Shane Duffy, Julian, and I don't know if he'll maybe bring Beaton in. Just depends where he wants to play Ayer because Ayer's a set up to start. Whether he plays it right back or not. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll say that we'll, we'll go for full backs. I think Ayer will play it right back. Then you'll have. Shane Duffy, Chris Julian, eh, I'm pretty sure it will be Laxal at left back. Who I would play and who I think plays slightly different because I think Scott Brown will play. But for me, I would have Callum McGregor, David Turnbull, and I saw him go with Rogic. I just think he's a man for the occasion. And I would, I would play McGregor, Turnbull, and Rogic. I think they're three, arguably the three best eh, like sort of technical footballers. And it's a big Hamden pitch, so I'd go for them. Uh, and then out in the wings, Elliot Nussie's got to play at left, and there's not much to choose between Christian Frampon in terms of their current form, but I think it'll be Ryan Christie that does play. And then up front, of course, there's only, it can only be one, and it's going to be your jumper, Danny. And no, it's going to be odds on it, but the other star man of this show. Uh, I, I think it will be Edward. Who knows? It may be his last cup final for Celtic if we do want to sell him. So I think he'll be looking to, uh, as we've mentioned on a previous podcast, uh, he's not at the big occasion he's made for these days. And I think Edward will be the main man tomorrow. But uh, our bench will be important tomorrow as well. Like, as much as we've had a tough season, though, there will be players that uh, will need to uh, take him off the bench, like Sir Patrick Kamala. Maybe even in Cham, Sorrow, Scott Brown, whoever. Like it's it's going to be an important game, and I think it will be tough. So, eh, it, it's it's desperately honey. As much as the players that have won the treble deserve massive respect and massive credit, like they're, they're also the players that have failed to win the league this season have get knocked out of two European competitions and got double digits behind in the league. So, I think Lennon has to do the right thing and give a few new faces a chance tomorrow. Andy, you got a different starting lineup. Have you put much thought in? Just need to have a word with the guy that's said my mic was a problem. I've been on mute this whole time, so 
can't believe I'm getting mixed up with Darren here. Um, I mean, I would just start the full team in your jumper. Um, we'll start all hearts into just conceding the game. That's probably a great idea. Um, but no, see the best it is. I'm seeing Tony's hair starting to get an absolute digging in this oh, chat as well. I'm loving it. I hope it's devastating. Digging the hair. I'm just looking at what's the name. I think it's like Celtic. Uh, what's the name? We'll do the other. I've got to give it. But I love his consistency, but it's consistent. You give it. And then Daddy, Celtic, we get eighty the bald head and shoulders the banner. Kieran Burns, who is the main man, likes this jumper, so anybody else's opinion just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, as I say, Tony listen, share the calls and we'll get a look in. Um as for the football. Uh, Kieran Burns is actually under this jumper. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at that. Uh, as, as I said, as for the football, um I like I think it's Arsenal to drop Hazard. Um, like I said, I think Barkas the same as before. Gain Duffy a chance. I think he needs a chance. Um, just a, a settled front line in front of him. But on the game itself, I'd give Hazard to go. Listen, if the boy's ever going to make himself at Celtic, never going to be a special player. He's going to have to play in games like this, so play him. Just before I do carry on, but I think it's something we should mention that obviously um, Paul John's posted about it saying a grand total over. £17,000 being raised, which is fucking unbelievable, if we're all honest about it, um, just for sort of what it is. So I don't want to be taken too, too seriously, but in the grand scheme of things, that money will make a big, big difference to a lot of people um, and a lot of causes, which is ultimately what we're all here for, partner aside. Um, so thanks to everybody, which I'm sure Paul will say the exact same, we'll all say the exact same. Um, but I just can't say thank you enough because you're making a difference to a lot of people at a difficult time of the year. Um, but as I was saying, so I I'd, I'd stick with four at the back. I'd put Ayer at right back. I think he's. We spoke about it in our show. Listen, the boys know a right back, but he's got all the assets to play there, especially like, when you're playing in Scotland against teams like that, you can get away with it. Do you know I mean? You've never put him in a big European game. Like, I've seen somebody talking about it all day, but Beaton, like, he's fine in Scotland, and I think that's very much the same way I am, just at right back. Boys. The boys got all the attributes to be a top top player, but in terms of sort of where we're at now and who we've got available, I think the best part is put him at right back and sort of get us through the game. Um, Julian Duffy, who I've been very very critical, but I agree with Tony. Asset when we're going forward can score his goals and listen, he played well enough in the previous game. Who knows? Confidence might do a lot for him. He said he's been through a lot this year, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because ultimately we've we've not got many options as is, which is absolutely fine with me. I think Laxalt's got to come back in at left back. I think McGregor and Sorrow have got better options. I've not got time for sentiment. Any sentiment in football, I've just not got time for it. Do you want to bring fucking Scott Brown on for the last 10 minutes or whatever to see the game out? You do that. That's absolutely fine with me, but these performances haven't justified a start. And like I said, no time for sentiment in the game. Um, I think Soros got to be there. And let's be honest, we need to start again, similar to what I said about Hazard. But if these boys, if we need to look to the future, which is what we need to do, we need to always be looking for what happens next season, what happens season after next season. Guys like Soros are going to have to play in these big games. And if you can't bed them in the new, what are you going to do when Scott Brown's not there at all? When he can't come off the bench, and then you're trying to play him, that's just fucking stupid. And get him in for the get-go. McGregor, again, tumble ahead of him. I'd play Elena Stewart left. Edward outright, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. My only issue would be, a lot of people have said to him, put Frimpong at right, if we're all open and honest. But Frimpong's been pish. Just, he's not been good enough. 
miles off it. I mean, he's not right mid as it is. He's barely even a right back at times. I don't really know what he is. I can't really put my finger on it, but he's been miles off it. Um, I think it'll probably be Christie, and I could probably make the argument for that because I think it's just about the only option we've got right now, which tells a lot about recruitment and the squad. Um, but I, that's how I would go. I think the really only massive difference would be putting Christie out right and. I'd agree with it, in all honesty. As much as I'm very, very critical of Christine, I think he does a lot of in the game. I think that ultimately, Frimpong's been pish and we don't have an R player to play out there. We don't have anybody else capable. And I think changing the formation could be risky. Um, I don't want to see his halter and start doing fucking stupid shit when it's such a big game. Um, if we can't win the game against Hearts with eight players, then that's, there's, a, there's bigger problems to fry than who's on the pitch, in my opinion. No, I agree. I, I think I said it on our show during the week. I think you play Scott Brown. I think I don't see any other way of lining up without Scott Brown. I think Scott Brown's a cert to play uh, tomorrow. I think it will be Hazard, Ayer, Julian Duffy, and Laxell, and then it will be, <laughs> and then it will be uh, Brown and McGregor and Tumble, and then it will be Christie. Elena saying Edward, I think, and then if things are not going too too well, uh, he'll put sorrow on like that because you know that, and it's not you know we don't want to turn this into an Annie Lennon, but Lennon's not very thoughtful. You know, he, if it's not going well, the first thing he'll do is put sorrow on for Brown and hope that it magically, you know, no matter how the game's going, if it's not going well, so. Uh, I'd love to see sorrow play. I just think he'll play Brown. I think it's a set and. Uh, I think it's an absolute set that will play Brown. I, I don't think uh, he's even gave it a thought. To be honest, I think Brown leads us out. Yeah, but we've only got a, a couple of minutes left. So, Tony, I'll start with you. Give a prediction for tomorrow and who scores the goals. Uh, I'll go for 1-0 Celtic. Um, I think it'll be a tough game. Uh, I see the, the heat for the Hares definitely definitely up now. Your jumpers no no defended me. It's no it's no help me for the full show. Um <laughs> some of the comments have been brilliant. Absolutely top notch top notch. Uh, one no Celtic, David Turnbull to get to get the winner. And I think um in isolation we'll look at it and go, what a fucking achievement. Twelve trophies in a row. It'll be the club's seventh treble. Um if we can get there. Three three trebles in the first hundred and thirty years and then possibly four trebles in the space of four years. It's just it's, it's, it's just ridiculous to even be talking about. So I'm I'm praying it happens. Um and uh, I'll have my straighteners out and I'll be up early to dry my hair and get ready to watch it. So I am looking forward to it. <laughs> Darn what do you think the score will be and who scores the goal? Uh, I think it'll be a tough game, but I think Celtic will see it out. I think they'll win three 0 I don't know if I'll be able to watch it because I'm going to have to go and line a dark room after some of these comments. You've been getting it for the jumper, Tony the hair, and he sounds like a robot, and then I'm getting called a Bond villain. But uh, I'm afraid Mr. Hardy, it's time for you to go. It's about you, know me. I've been all right, all right, so I hope we stay that way. I've paid them all off. Debatable. You're taking up my airtime, Andy. Let's let's just let the star of the show go, mate. uh, no, 3 0 Celtic. I think Edward will look to prove a point on what could be his last game, uh, his last final anyway, uh, for Celtic. And um, Scott Brown will play a part. I think it will be from the start, but 
if we're being realistic, it shouldn't really matter who we play tomorrow in midfield. The team should have enough to see past that. And uh, I think no Celtic for me, and just I'd give a shout out again, like Andy says, it's a like magnificent amount of money that uh, Paul and the guys at Six Million have raised, and just a big shout out to anybody who's uh, doing a show the day of tomorrow. Like it's been. I've watched quite a few of them today and it's all been great content and everybody getting their time for charity has just been fantastic. So a huge well done everybody involved. The Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.